That's in the air. This could be out. Diamond's underneath it. Will he catch it? He's got good hands. He's got him. Yes, he has. Diamond's got him in the deep. Having fumbled all night, he's taken the big one. Talk. Today's guest is the captain of the South African women's team, Minyo Dupree. She talks about her beginnings in cricket, the need to change perceptions about women's cricket in South Africa and around the world, the way forward for South African team and the need for increased exposure to women's cricket amongst other things. Welcome to the show, Minyo. Thank you very much for having me. It's absolutely my pleasure having you on. I want to talk a bit about your early years in cricket and then uh, you know, making um, your debut for South Africa, your captaincy in South African cricket in general. So let's start with um, you know, when you were a child. You, you were some kind of a cricketing prodigy growing up, weren't you? And you, you had a very early start in cricket, I think about when you were four years old. Yes, I actually, I actually started by accident. Um, at the age of four, my, my brother was playing a vacant mini cricket event, and my dad was the coach of his team. And I actually always just went with to support my brother when he was playing. But one day, one of the guys didn't make it in time, and they asked me to fill the spot. And um, at the end of the day, I was the best bat woman for the day, and I think that's where my love started for the game. Um. And, uh, you know, I was reading about you and you had scored 250 runs in a 40-overs game. I mean, that's what legends are made of, you know. And you did that as a 12-year-old. And you did that as a 12-year-old. Yeah, that was a very, very special day. That is probably one of the highlights of my career up until now. Um, we were playing, I was playing for Gauteng North at the time for the girls on the 13 team. And we picked Gauteng. And I was actually not supposed to play on the day, but, but they had... Again, somebody couldn't make the slide um, in time, and then they phoned me the night before to listen to you, please help us out tomorrow morning. And I was actually very excited to go to this game, and yeah, it was something very special. I scored 258 not out um, of 96 balls. So it was 16 sixes and 28 fours. <laughs> so it was, that was something very special for me. I mean, you seem to make it sound as if everything was an accident, the way you started cricket and the kind of runs you've been scoring. But it, uh, everything seems to point the other way, that you were, in fact, destined to play cricket. Yes, I think um, I, the thing is uh, people tend to follow hard work around as well. And I think I was just maybe at the right time in the right place. But uh, from a very young age, I knew that, that I had this God-given talent. And um, I had the saying that, that I feel that um, my talent is God's gift to me and what I do with it is my gift back. So that's almost what I've been living by. And I just try to do my best wherever I go and whenever I do something to give 100%. And, and um, I think that's, that's paid off and that's probably why I am where I am today. So I'm very fortunate that I got the opportunity from a young age. And um, I had a, a, a wonderful support structure off the field with parents that supported me. Um, obviously, a girl playing cricket is not something that everyone... It's, it's mainly um, a male-dominated sport, so... It wasn't always easy. A lot of people, I think, from a young age, were tomboy. And, and I think I just, I just tried. My dad bought me a shirt one day that said, I'm not a tomboy, I'm just better than you. And uh, that's something I think that helped me to get to the fact where there were stages when it was not easy, because you play with boys, they tend to think, yeah, you're a girl and you're not supposed to be here. Yeah? But I think as soon as they saw me in the field and, 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 and saw the way I play and the talent that I had, they just got respect for me and then after that was never a problem again. 
I mean, South African society, you know, it's an interesting society in terms of mixture of culture, traditions, and history, and stuff like that, and, uh, you know, regular customs of the society. Um, I want to ask you about uh, the sexism, because you just mentioned about how, you know, everybody looked at you as, you know, hey, you're a girl, you're not supposed to be here. Does that so- is that sort of thing, you know, now that you've become an accomplished batsman and captain of South Africa, but do you feel that that sort of thing still exists? I think deep down it is still there. There's always, but, but that's unfortunate how it goes. Uh, there's always people that, that have a strong opinion about things and they do think that cricket is mainly a male sport and a girl should not play it. But then there's a few that, that is very, they support good, good talent and good skill. And, and once they saw what we are capable of doing and that we also put in the hard work, just like the guys, I think we are at the stage where we're turning people's perceptions and, and, and to get them to actually see that women's cricket is, is a sport in South Africa and that it gets the recognition that it deserves. And, uh, and uh, from where we were up until last year when, when we got a few girls contacted and now doing well in the World Cup, I think all of that, that added. And, then, and I do think that, that soon we can also get professional here and make sure that, that women's cricket is something that the people take note of. Hmm. You know, because when a boy starts playing cricket, no one even gives it a second thought. And I have heard this from other women cricketers in other countries of the world, that when a girl, you know, 13, 14 or 15, whatever, drags her cricketing kit and goes to practice, everybody's like, what are you doing here? You know? Well, yeah, I think that and there's this perception that they think uh, the best way probably to call it is that you are a butch type of girl. And I think that's one thing that I definitely try to make sure that when I'm on the field, I'm fearless and, and I play my heart out. But when I'm off the field, I'm a girly girl and I love doing girly stuff. And, and you know, it's it's not whether you're doing a male-dominant sport doesn't mean you have to be built like a guy or or they have the same mannerisms that they do. You can be a girly girl and still participate in, in a men's sport if you have the skill. And, and, I, and I think that's what, what I've done very well and managed to do is to, to keep my femininity aside from cricket. But then when I'm on the field, I can be fierce and, and be a cricketer as well. Um, so have you seen, you know, little girls in South Africa come up to you and uh, talk to you about how they want to take up cricket? Uh, anything of that sort has happened to you? Oh, like it, it's, it's unfortunately women's cricket is still very, very. It's it's not something that the people are are aware of at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we are changing perceptions. We are getting in a, in a place where people start taking note. So uh, obviously the girls at a young age that play cricket and that see us around at the cricket at the cricket stadium where we train and they tend to train under thirteens, under sixteens. They always come up and are very excited to see what we're doing. But obviously, some of the other girls, uh, there's not always people that is, um, that, that there, but, but it's not always, we don't get it quite often, but, but there, there has been stages for some girls with ask for some advice and just say, how, or how can, if, if I want to play for the country, what do I need to do now to make sure that I get that spot? So it's not always, it's not something that happens regularly. But it, I have been in situations where I was fortunate enough to help some girls um, to get on track and make sure that they can also follow their dreams. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Uh, you had mentioned about how, you know, you began crick- playing cricket uh, with your brothers. And then, so initially you played uh, mostly with the boys. But then after a certain age, you know, you start playing with the girls and the women. 
Um, was there any change in your game or uh, approach to the game uh, when that uh, happened? But really, I just think the biggest thing why I had to make the transition from men's to girls' speed is that at the age of about 13, 14, going to high school, my parents disagreed that the guys are now starting to grow up a little bit faster and they get more muscular and they tend to bowl very far and they don't want me to get injured. So at that stage, we made the call that I would rather just focus on women or playing with girls at the moment. Um, and yeah, I think it is still the same. It didn't really change much. Uh, cricket was still cricket for me. Obviously, playing against girls, they're not as strong, so they're not hitting the ball as hard or as far. Mm-hmm. But um, again, at a later stage in my career, like now or last year again, I was fortunate enough since I've got older, the, I worked over a, a long period of time to get my skills to where it is now. I was able again to start playing against the boys and obviously challenge myself because I do think playing against the guys, they do compete at a very competitive level and they're strong and they hit the ball hard and they bowl fast. But if you can deal with that, then obviously women's cricket becomes a little bit easier for you. So mm-hmm. to challenge ourselves, we, we like playing against the guys and, 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 and see how we can stretch our abilities and, and make sure that we keep on getting better and better day by day. I mean, you're only 24 years old and, you know, we have heard of you for so long. I mean, you made your, uh, you made your national debut as a 17-year-old. What was that occasion like and how was the reception into the national squad like? Well, yeah, that's a very, uh, obviously very special. Um, initially, I didn't make the team, um, and I was very sad because I felt that that year I literally did my best, and I made sure that I was at the, I was the fittest at the camp, and I did everything according to plan. But at the end of the day, I didn't. They, they felt that I, I was not part of the squad yet. Um, they had somebody else that had to play or play a part in 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 their in a specific role. And um, earlier, the, one of, unfortunately, one of the girls got injured during the holidays. And um, I got a call up and they said, um, Pakistan was touring in South Africa in January and would I be interested to be part of the squad? So it was, I still remember I was standing outside, got the call from the coach and it was very, very special because I couldn't believe that it actually is happening. Uh, something you've been working your whole life towards and finally it's becoming a reality. Um, and then I was very fortunate, I think, in my third or fourth game that I played, I managed to score my, my debut 50 for South Africa. So that was very special. And then, after, and then in the same year, I also went with the team to the Netherlands. And um, I was very fortunate to be part of a, a world record um, fourth wicket partnership with Germany van Lochenberg mm-hmm. um, against Netherlands. And also, but, but at that stage, I was not, not fully into this. I wasn't always part of the playing 11. So we played one test game then. The only test that South Africa had to say since I was playing played. And I was 12 for the day. So... Um, it, it just shows you, it's not always, you, you, you always have to work hard. Uh, initially, I wasn't part of the playing 11, but I didn't like sitting on the side and not being able to be part and compete. So I made sure that it was the last time, so I did all that I had to do. And yeah, after that, I made sure that my performances spoke for itself and that, that how well I did, they couldn't really let me out again. I mean, uh, you know, your name has been in the papers for a while. And so when you come into the squad, you know, you have seniors in the squad. And also you become, uh, you became the captain in 2012. Um, so how was the interaction with the existing members of the squad and you? And uh, now you had to lead them as well. Yeah, I think uh, we we actually very fortunate that we are all almost like a family. So um, I... 
even though they didn't play with them in national team, I played with a lot of the girls since I started playing with, with women's cricketers at the age of 13. All of them were quite familiar to me. So obviously you are the youngster coming in, so you know where your place is. But I think they try to make you feel at home and, and, and try to make it easy for you, especially when you're away from home and you're young and, and, and they try to show you what it's all about and, and how to have fun. Um, all in all, we looked out for each other and they made me part of the squad. And I think once they see that, that your, your cricket skills speak for itself, they really just get the respect you, you get the respect you require, obviously. So if you perform on the field, off the field becomes way easier for you because mm-hmm. then they can't really be, <laughs> be nasty to you if, if you're the one pulling, pulling the team through every time. So I tried to do that. And then obviously, yeah, I, I become actually the captain at the end of 2011. We were playing a, a series against England and the captain got injured. And um, I had to step in and then the coach just decided that that's the route we're going to go now. He wants me to, to become the next captain. So obviously it was a, a bit scary initially. Um, I haven't been captain for, for my country ever before, so it was a very, it was a very big honour. But at the same time, it was it was it was a little bit scary. But but um, I, th- I think what what has helped me at that stage, there were still a, two or three girls that had captained the team before, and they all were very 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 supportive and 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 shared their knowledge and and tried to help me just through the first stages, just to get used to the position and. And yeah, I think the more you play and the more games I started playing and, and I understood the game better and, and, and it, I'm still learning. It's, it's an ever learning process, but I think I'm getting better and better as, as the years go by and the more experience I get. So hopefully I can continue working hard. I was very young when I started and, and hopefully there can still be a few years where I can get some more experience and become one of the, the most kept captains. Excellent. Um, how, how would you compare South Africa's performances in the 2012 World T20 and 2014 World T20? You know, of course, you know, you made the same finals in 2014, so by results, of course, 2014 was better. But how would you assess the performances of the player and what had changed between 2012 and 2014? Yeah, in, in 2012, uh, we we haven't really before that in in the 2010 or and 2009 World Cups, we didn't win any games at the T20 World Cup. Correct. So 2012 was already something special for us because we we won one of the group games, which we already celebrated because it was the first one ever. But um, I think after that World Cup, we got back and just started this, and we have to make sure that we have a plan of action going forward because it's no use we go every year and we compete, but but we're almost just there. We're not, not competing for one of the top spots. And I think we, just, we obviously have to make sure that we make a few changes. Um, because South Africa decided that they're going to buy into it. We got a sponsor on board, Momentum, um, was the first official sponsor for women's cricket. And we were fortunate enough with their money to contact a few girls. And, and, and six girls got contacts and, and they started playing cricket full time. And I think all of this just added. We had a lot more to us. Um, this year, at the end of last year, we played against Sri Lanka and Bangladesh in a home series. And then at the beginning of this year, we went to Doha. We played a triangular in subcontinent conditions mm-hmm. against Pakistan and Ireland. And both of them were part of our squad. And I think that's just, we started as a very young team, but now we started going together. We've, we've been playing together the same squad. At least we had a little bit of consistency. We've got a new coach that has been with the squad for, for a full year now. And I think all that consistency and stability is, is what really helps. And, and 
Um, then obviously it was also just a mental shift that we had to make. We had to make sure that we know we are good enough and we know we can compete against the best. All we have to do is now put our money where our mouth is. And, and I think we did exactly that against the game against New Zealand. And, and that was something we've never beaten a team in the top four before. And by winning New Zealand, I think that's just what we needed to, to almost break through that barrier of never being able to, to compete against the top four. Because now we are also part of the top four. And, and we can we showed the world why we are there. And mm-hmm. that we can compete with the best in the world. And hopefully now we can, that was just the motivation. We just had the taste of the cake now. Hopefully we can go back into you, Simon, put the cherry on top and make sure we bring the cup home. Fantastic. Um, uh, I want to talk about the impact of uh, sponsorship, contracts, and the visibility of women's cricket in South Africa and around the world. But first, I want to uh, finish talking about uh, the SA team performances. You know, in the semi-final game against England, it ended up, unfortunately for you, as a very one-sided game with England winning by nine wickets. However, you know, you had the ringside view to uh, two of the premier women cricketers in the game, Charlotte Edwards and Sarah Taylor. So what were the things that, you know, you were observing them do and, you know, perhaps learn from them in terms of how they approached uh, the game, uh, their batting, so on and so forth? Yeah, I think the thing with England is they are fully professional. Just before the World Cup, they, they already announced that they are turning fully professional. So we are probably where they are. They used to be about two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we basically are there now. So we're still moving towards professionalism. We're not there yet, but we are working towards it. And uh, I think, yeah, you can see they, they also are a team that's played together for, I think they maybe had one or two changes from their squad from about two or three years ago. So they, they also play together, they know each other very well, and they have good, good game plans, and, and they have senior players that, con- that performs consistently. And I think that has been something that we've been lacking. We always have players chipping in, but there's not a lot of... Con- it's, it's, one game it's me, another game it might be Kapi, another game it might be Danae, but we also need that consistent, like myself, that, for instance become the player that consistently scores runs for the team. And, and you know, like the Jokadas for the South African team and the ABs that always scores. Mm-hmm. You want to know, be that person when you're in the middle, the team can sit back and relax because they know you're going to do the job. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's what they've done very well. And, and obviously, Anya Schriftel, she she's bowled phenomenal throughout the World Cup. Um, I don't think there's a lot of girls that can swing the ball the way she does. Yeah. And they just utilize her extremely well. I think... Um, they come out with a game plan. If she can do the damage early on and put the opposition on the back foot, um, then, then the other bowlers almost just come in and they just put the ball in the right areas and there's not a lot of pressure on them. Um, unfortunately, that's exactly what happened with us. Anya Schultz took two of our crucial gifts up front and we are on, off the ball one or two with leading the quick wicket off of Lizali. We were already on the back foot and I think it was very hard to recover from that, um, especially against a team... Um, with with such good game plans and structures, but I do think it is an amazing learning experience for us. Um, it is the first time ever that, that we played on television, so it is a big moment for the girls. And just to be there at, at such a world event and to play in a semi final was was in itself one of our goal or main goals, and and we've achieved that. So we're very proud, and I think we can definitely now just go back, work on the areas that we've seen. Maybe just work a little bit on, on performing under pressure in pressure situations and, and how to encounter Anya Schipsel. I think if we can have a game plan against her, the rest of the bowlers, they tend, they, they, they are quite this weekend to weekend and straight up, but it's very hard to, to put their balls away if you're already <laughs> almost on the back foot and, and 
trying to just make sure you're not losing another wicket. So um, that's, I think, something we would like to work on. Um, they're batting something that's very interesting. They got to the finals, but they haven't, they're not really big hitters of the ball. Um, they haven't really did one six or one four. And it just shows you how important that ones and twos in T20 cricket is as well. Um, I know from watching IPL, we all think it has to be, he has to play Chris Gale where he hits every single ball out of the ground for six. <laughs> but realistically, that's not possible. I don't think the girls have the same strength. Mm-hmm. So, going, if we have to play England again, I would just think um, if we can probably get anything above 120, it would be a very good competitive score against them. And, and if we can just start well with the ball, because even in that game, it was a loss, we only scored 100. They had to take 101, but they also only got it in the 17th over. Right. And I do think if there was an extra 10 or 15 runs on the board, uh, they might have been under a little bit more of pressure. And, and anything can happen. When the pressure situation is on, anything can happen. And that's, that's probably with T20 cricket. It takes one ball and the game, the momentum of the game can shift. So it is about learning from these experiences. And now when we play them again, execute our own game plans better. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we need to change too much. I, I do think... What we've done has gotten us that far. Um, we shouldn't focus too much on the opposition just to execute our game plans better. Um, and yeah, like I say, there's a few unfortunate runouts, things that we can maybe control in the future. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest challenge would be just to, to work on a game plan against Anya Sipsel and try and not lose those wickets up front and, and then after the power play, work it from there once, once she's bowled out and, and see what you can do and accumulate it just as many runs as you can from her. But, um, be, be happy to keep her out and, and score from the other end. Hmm. You know, as you mentioned, the uh, World T20 final against England, that was the first time the South African women's team uh, match that they were featured in was televised. You know, so in South Africa, and it's a very uh, sport-mad country. There's a lot of sport in your culture. You know, uh, you have the Springboks, you have the Proteas. You know, it's so popular. Sports is... Uh, encourage actively. However, you know, it's, it's, it was surprising for me to hear from you, and I had read about that, the, uh, an article that said that that was the first match uh, the South African women had played on TV. Um, you know, why did, I mean, why isn't there much of an enthusiasm? I, I would think, you know, eventually from the men's sports, you would have gotten to the women's team sports a lot earlier than this. Yeah, that, that is a very sad point. So, I mean, unfortunately, uh, uh, in South Africa, a lot of the women's sports almost seem like a Cinderella sport. And unfortunately, women's figures fall under that category. And, and they just feel at the moment that there's not... Unfortunately, there is not a lot of girls playing cricket at, in South Africa just yet. Um, our pool of women's figures are very small. And I think they just think they might sponsorships might not be interested. And, and due to the lack of funding... Um, it is quite expensive to air a, a game on television. I think that might be the biggest problem, that the lack of funds. And, and, and hopefully by, by us doing well and winning consistently and at least our game of, of, of the semi-finals of the World Cup got televised, mm-hmm. hopefully that just maybe got people a little bit interested and, and we've now started creating that awareness. And hopefully it can change in the near future. Um, but yeah, that is, it is an obstacle that we've been facing, and unfortunately, it's not the only sport. I know some of our other teams, like the hockey, they are since Investor got involved, they got a little bit more um, television time, and the netball girls are also starting to get there. But there's a lot of the women's sports are suffering that we're not getting the recognition I think that we deserve. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, in the near future, there might be talks of of playing curtain raisers when men's to a, teams to a year, maybe their ladies' counterparts 
part can come with. Let's say if New Zealand plays against South Africa, their ladies team can also play, come and, and we can play curtain raises for the guys' games and start getting the fans that's currently supporting men's cricket more interested in women's cricket. Because I think as soon as they see the talent that is on display, they would be very keen to actually come and watch women's cricket. But, but it's just people are... They're not, not educated. They don't know that there is something like women's cricket. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest obstacle that we are trying to, to, to change people's perception and get them notice that women can't play cricket. And, and, and it's actually very fun to also come out and watch. So I think just the biggest thing was, was finances. Um, but hopefully in the future we can, can get around it and get some television time for the ladies cricketers here. I mean, uh, for the again, the World T20 in Bangladesh, you know, for the men's, even the practice games were broadcast uh, on television. Whereas uh, for all the games that happened in Silet, uh, the women's games, uh, you know, the ICC produced only three-minute highlights uh, that were available on their website. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, no. it, doesn't yeah, take much, sad. it doesn't take much to stream a game with two still cameras, which they do in a lot of domestic matches in Australia and stuff. So, yeah, that is something. It's still very, very sad to us. And, and we also don't understand that that is something we've been fighting for. Um, but, but I think, like I said, the, the more games you win, the more people start to get, get, get a little bit of knowledge about women's cricket. Um, maybe that can change perceptions and get people interested and actually get them to ask the questions and say, listen, Please, can, can Supersport please show a little bit of women's cricket? No, my, my question is not just about uh, your domestic broadcaster in South Africa. I'm talking about ICC, you know. Uh, they yeah, that's broad- also, I mean, yeah, but, but that, that's one thing. And I mean, definitely, we, we are getting there. We are, we, but, but unfortunately, that is something. We just need to get the people to change their perceptions and, 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 and to also take women's cricket seriously. I do think... ICC are starting, at least we are getting the opportunity to play those curtain raiders at, at big T20 World Cup events. Um, but yeah, it would be nice if we can get all the girls games televised to and, 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 um, or even play more games in front of the men's games and, and almost play double here so that the, the people can come and watch both games. Um, but yeah, it is an obstacle that we are facing in women's cricket, but hopefully in the near future it will change. Um, there's a lot of talk about it, something called the WICL. Women's mm-hmm. International Cricket League, which would be similar to an IPL for women's cricket. And I think if that, if that gets off the ground, that would be something very special. And that might just be what we need to get people across the, the globe aware of the women's game and the talent that is available. Um, it would probably be a competition of about five teams where the best women's cricketers in the, in the world, not, not like a Kolkata against Mumbai, it would be more like, uh, let's say, it would be more like teams playing against each other, but with a lot of international players, mm-hmm. or mainly consisting of international players. And, um, and yeah, I think that would be something special, to see the best of the best competing it out against each other. And I think that w- might be what we need to, to just get women's figure on the map and, and get people excited about the game. I mean, in a recent interview on Cricket Info, I think Susie Bates uh, mentioned that uh, about the WICL. And we have heard news about uh, WICL for... A, I think a little over a year now. So do you know of any idea when that's supposed to get off the ground? Um, initially, the, the, plan, the, the plan was to get it done in September about this year. But unfortunately, there is a lot of behind-the-scenes things that first has, has to take place. They've been working for about 18 months mm-hmm. um, on, on this WICL. 
try and hope that everything either this year or, or hopefully not later than next year. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it's always very hard. There's a lot of people that has to first give the go ahead before a tournament like that can just take place. So um, I think they are just working towards getting all the boards and the ICC and getting everybody happy and to <laughs> approve a tournament like that. But once that is that that gets off, I, I do think that might just be what we as women's cricketers need to, to get ourselves on the map. Okay, uh, and one last question, Minyo, and uh, you know, and uh, this is about South Africa's uh, women's cricket future, you know, and you seem seem to figure you, you looks like you'll be figuring it prominently, considering you're so young and you already have all this experience and are the captain already. Um, you know, how how do you see South African cricket, women's cricket progressing and catching up to uh, England and Australia? Because they're not going to be standing still either, you know. They're going to keep moving forward. So how do you uh, expect to make up the gap and then get ahead of them? Yes, um, that's a very good question. I think purely for us now, we, are, we have two tours this year. So we're going to go to England in August and then uh, play against Sri Lanka in October. And I think the first thing for us would be if we can do very well and hopefully win some games against England and win the tournament against Sri Lanka, just to start working on that winning habit, that might get sponsors interested. And once we get the sponsors interested, hopefully we can we can get a whole, the whole squad contacted. At the moment, we only had six girls on contract, but hopefully mm-hmm. in this year or the next year, we can get a full squad contacted. And then one very exciting thing that has happened for us now was um, the Cricket South Africa invited 10 girls to participate in a national women's academy mm-hmm. consecutive with the men's academy. So um, it's usually some of the guys that play franchise level or played under-19 level now at the recent World Cup where they won. It's some of those guys. And, and it's all about, it's a three-month program where we'll, we'll do different parts of, of cricket, not just cricket skills, but the mental side of things and nutrition and, and all the other maybe off-the-field off stuff as well. So that's very exciting for us. And, and hopefully by all these and, and getting the right resource, resources for us and, and, and the coaches and coaching staff involved, I think when, once all of that is, is working together, we definitely can, can become one of the, of, the, of the best teams in the world. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to go back now and work hard, make sure that uh, we've seen what Australia and England are doing and how professional they are and, and just work on those things to make sure that we can also become professional within a year or two. All right. Uh, I wish you and uh, your team all the very best, Minyo, and uh, thanks for uh, spending this morning with me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bye-bye. 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 Bye